Well, welcome, man. It's so good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the opportunity today to, to lead us into what I believe God wants to say to us through his word. Um, if you don't know me because this is your first time hanging out with us today, we want to say a special welcome to you. Uh, we know you could have picked a lot of other places to be this morning. The fact that you chose to come and hang out with us here at Fusion City, man, that means a lot to us. It really does. We're excited to see new people, and we see them uh, just about every week. Uh, regular attendees, can we show some love to those first-timers today? Let them know we're grateful they're here. Absolutely. Um, if this is your first time, um, we have a gift for you. Actually, if it's your first or second time, we have a gift for you. And how you get that is you'll take just a few minutes during your time with us here today to fill out the bottom half of the program that you got when you came in. Uh, we call that a connection card. If you'll take that to the hub that's located just inside the doors as you came in, we have a gift for you. And again, that's just our way of saying thanks for spending some time with us. We're really excited that you're here. Uh, if, you, if this is your first time, um, what you might need to know is that today we're in week five of a series called Family Talk. And for the last four weeks, we've been talking about how we can better lead and better be members of and part of our family according to what the Bible has to say about family. And today, specifically, I want to talk to, to the parents in the room. However, though it's kind of geared toward and aimed at parents, if you're not a parent or if you don't plan to be a parent, we can take a lot of the things that God says about parents and to parents and apply those to the relationship that we have with our heavenly Father, and then understand how it is that God parents and leads us. And so if you're not a parent or don't plan on being a parent and don't ever like, don't even like parents, like whatever your deal is with parents or not, there's something in our time or the next few minutes together that's for you. And so I hope that you'll have an opportunity to take some notes. If you're a note taker, we got a lot of notes to take today. So if, if I know some of you guys geek out over that stuff. I like it when I have a lot of stuff to write down. Not me, but that's okay. That's why I watch movies instead of read books most of the time. If they made a movie about it, I hadn't read the book. I'm just going to tell you right now. The book was so much better. No, it's not. That's why they made the movie. All right, that's like, if books were awesome, movies wouldn't exist. All right, I'm just kidding. I love to read. <laughs> I do. Uh, just not books about movies. Um, so uh, to kind of kick things off as we talk about parents, I need to, to, to let you know um, kind of a, a frame of mind that I used to be in before I was a parent. Um, and if you are a parent, there's a good chance that you might have been in the same boat as me prior to becoming a parent. And I bet your story, like mine, has changed. And here is what I said as a non-parent before I was a pre-parent. Right? This is what I would say looking at parents of toddlers, especially like in grocery stores and restaurants. Right? I'd lose my mind. Like, God, could they not control their kid? Man, when I have kids, my kids will never act like that. <laughs> how many of y'all know that ain't true <laughs> right like then you have a toddler and you feel bad for all those parents you used to make fun of don't you all right and we got a couple of like getting ready to be parents in here y'all getting ready to learn y'all gonna know where's natalie natalie gonna have matt natalie y'all gonna have two of them right hey right. I, I hope i hope y'all said some stuff about some other parents i hope you said stuff about my kids because <laughs> you're getting ready you're gonna learn today you're gonna learn you're gonna figure it out all right so, so here's what I want us to know about parenting. If you are a parent, been a parent, plan on being a parent, here's what you need to know about being a parent. It's hard. Man, it's hard. And you are going to get it wrong a lot, right? But, but here's the thing. Just because we know we're going to get some stuff wrong, 
it doesn't really give us an out, doesn't give us an excuse, doesn't give us the, the, the freedom then to say, well, if I'm never going to get it right, I'll just be okay with being wrong. Like that's, not, that's never a healthy attitude as it pertains to anything. Um, but I think maybe even especially to, to parenting. Like we can always be improving as parents. Like we, we should be. We should always be improving and getting better at how we interact with our kids and how we lead our kids and how we guide them into the, the adults that we desire to see them become. Right, that, like that should be our goal, especially as Christ followers, because there's lots of instruction in Scripture as to the type of parents that we should be. And so I want to look at a lot of those things today. So here's what's going to happen. Right? We're going to look at some of the things that Scripture says about the ways that you and I, parents, get it wrong. So here's what I want you to know. Like, I understand that you're not a perfect parent. And there's grace there. There's grace for us when we make mistakes as parents and we don't lead very well. But while there is grace, there is also the charge on our lives as parents to embrace the things that we get wrong when we identify those and then have the boldness to make changes based on what we see in the authority of Scripture. And so if you, a big idea to kind of frame out our entire time together here for the next few minutes is this. That to be parents who discipline our children well, we must be well-disciplined parents. All right? So in order for our children to be well-disciplined, we have to have some discipline as parents. There's some things that we should adhere to as we try to lead our children well. So again, I told you lots of notes today, so I hope you had a chance to write that down, to be parents, uh, to be Parents who discipline our children well, we must be well-disciplined parents. I want to define for us what discipline is according to Scripture, and this is it. Discipline is correction, but it's correction with a motivation. It's an effect with a cause, and the cause for discipline is love. So discipline, then, is correction that is driven by love. And it's important that we see it that way because not only are we as parents going to discipline our children and we want our children to understand that we discipline them out of love, but as Christ followers, we need to understand that when God issues and extends discipline to us, that it's not done because he's angry and not done because he's trying to get back at us or not, you know, not trying to, he's not trying to pay us back for the things that we do wrong, but God disciplines us, his children, because... He loves us. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, if you want to follow along with us on version, or you can look with us on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. It says this, it says, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? In other words, don't you know that God is your heavenly Father, that he calls you sons and daughters? Now, don't, don't forget that. Remember that exhortation. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he what? The one he loves, right. The Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Come on, don't y'all love to be chastised? Isn't it awesome to know that God loves you enough to chastise you? Now, nobody likes it in the moment, but when we understand that discipline is not done 
to us, but it's done for us. God, God corrects us because he loves us. And the same thing that is true for us should be true for how we parent and discipline our children. As a matter of fact, here's, here's a good note that we can write down together. The same thing that's true about God to us is, should be true from us to our children. That discipline is not something you do to your child. Discipline is something you do for your child. So the next time you're whooping on your kid, like, hey, baby, this is all for you. God, right? Like, just, I, because I love you, right? It should be true. It should be true, but oftentimes it's not. And here's, here's what we need to understand, that in or, if we're going to discipline our children in a way that it is for them and not to them, in the same way that God disciplines for us and not to us, if we're going to do that the, the way that the Bible instructs us to, if we're going to do that well, then there are some things that we as parents cannot be. That there's some types of parents that you and I cannot be if we are going to discipline our children well. And the first that we cannot be, if you're taking notes, is a lifeguard parent, right? Come on. I look a little like The Rock, right? <laughs> All right, maybe, maybe Hasselhoff. <laughs> they all go, to the, go old school, right? I'm just kidding, right? But we, we don't want to be lifeguard parents. Here's what a lifeguard parent is. A lifeguard parent is a parent who's always coming to the rescue, all right, here's, here's a quick test to know if you're a lifeguard parent or not. Um, if you brought little Johnny his lunch to school three times this past school semester session, whatever it was, like the past little session they were in, if you brought it three or more times in the last, like, 12 weeks, three months, all right, you're a lifeguard parent. It's even worse if your kid's in college, right? Like if you brought him, it's, it's way worse if, you had to, if he's a sophomore at like your chapel or UNC Charlotte and you brought like big time lifeguard parent, you need some help, all right? Now, see, here's the thing. Consequences are not a bad thing for our kids. It's just not a bad thing. We learn best through consequences, don't we? Like what, what lessons do you remember the most? The ones that you had to learn the hard way. Here's, here's what I know to be true, though. Tough love isn't just tough on the child. It's tough on a lot of parents. Because it's hard to see your kid go without or miss something or make a mistake that they could, God forbid, learn from. So it's, it's this natural inclination that we have as protective parents to, to run in and rescue our children. But man, I feel like we're doing them a great disservice when we're a lifeguard parent because the best lessons are learned through consequences. It's the same way that God loves us. It's the same way that God deals with us. We talked a few weeks ago about this and we said that God will forgive you for your mistakes, but God doesn't always remove the consequences. You're forgiven, and we can forgive our children. But when we're always removing the consequences from them or protecting them from the consequences, I feel like we do a great disservice because there's a lot that can be learned through consequences. As a matter of fact, Scripture says this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. 
Another way to say that is that inside of God's way of doing things is, is blessing and grace and God's help. But when we step outside of God's way, what does God use then to bring us back into alignment with the way that he designed our lives to work? God uses consequences to steer us, to guide us back into the path where we are doing the things the way that God desires them to be done. Here's what I'm saying. Give your children the gift of consequence. Let, let them miss a meal one day. They're not, like, you're good parents, most of you, right? You're good parents. They're not going to starve to death if they miss lunch one day at school. Or in, in my case, at our house, Lord forbid, they have to eat in the cafeteria instead of the lunchbox that we pack, right? Like, just let them, let them suffer just a little so they'll remember. Don't, don't always be bailing them out. If, how about this? Um, Last-minute school assignments. Any parents ever deal with this? Like, sorry, Dad, I had nine months to get this done. It's due tomorrow. My dad has his hand up. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is so true. Um, and and, and I, I had some lifeguard parents as well. So we, we would, all right. I always have, be careful. Be careful. I mean, I know GPA is a big deal and college is on the horizon for your third grader. But, like, let's let them learn a few things. The hard way. So the, the, so the lesson sticks. And again, I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm guilty of this too. But what we want to teach our children is that decisions in the moment have consequences later. So when they choose to spend all their time doing something else instead of completing the assignment that was due this week, like they, they're going to learn. They're going to learn from that, to, to plan ahead, to prepare, to, to work on things a little bit at a time. But if you run in and save them every time they forget to do something, they're never going to learn that valuable lesson. Like delayed gratification, that whole idea. We need to teach our children that, sure, kittens are cute and cuddly and beautiful and awesome, but that kitten one day is going to be a demonic, satanic cat. Like we, you you got to teach them that the decision to bring a kitten into the house means one day you're going to have a cat, and who wants that, right? That's terrible. we got to teach our children these kinds of things. <laughs> Hey, the Bible says that the devil prowls around like a, like a what? Like a lion. You know what a lion is? It's a cat. Satan is a cat in the Bible. Just, just call it how I see it. That's how it is. All right? All right. So here's what I want us to see. That when we remove consequences from our children, we, we take something very valuable for them. And if you and I, who, who, as we interact with our Heavenly Father, see that the consequences that we endure for our poor decisions as God's punishment to us, they're not God's punishment. They're God's direction. The consequences that God allows to take place based on your bad decision is God allowing you to learn a valuable lesson so you don't do it again. So we've got to be careful not only to, to parent our children well, but to be parented well by our Heavenly Father. The second type of parent, if you're taking notes, that we want to avoid if we're going to be well-disciplined parents is the rage monster parent. I couldn't, th- come, I couldn't come up with another term to call this, but just the angry parent, the one who's always angry. And I think this ties right into that discipline being done for our children and not to our children. If we're always disciplining in anger, we got an issue because that's not how discipline is supposed to work. 
As a matter of fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. The Bible says, be angry. Like, being angry is not a sin. He says, be angry and do not sin. So in other words, the anger isn't the sin. It's what we do with the anger that's the sin. So I'm not telling you that it's, it's sinful and, and, and unchristian to get angry at your kids. Of course we're going to get angry at our kids. They're going to do dumb things. It's going to make us angry. But, but we need to be very careful that we don't discipline in that anger. The Bible tells us Jesus got angry. Remember the, the, the whole tables at the temple, making a whip, whipping people, right? Jesus was mad. But Jesus never sinned. So it's possible to be angry and not sin. And we need to take that mentality into how we parent our children. Because if you always discipline in anger, I mean, that, that really communicates a, a lack of love. And who wants to communicate that to their kids? So we don't want to be that, that rage monster parent. We want to remember that discipline is done for our children. So sometimes that means that maybe you and I need to go take a break before we issue the discipline to make sure that we're in the right frame of mind, that this is being done for my child. I'm trying to instruct and correct, not harm. All right, number three, if you're taking notes. Number three is the Etch-A-Sketch parent. Now, when I was a kid, I loved playing with Etch-A-Sketch. As a matter of fact, um, I I had Jonah... Put a couple of my my etch a sketch creations on some slides for you. So let's take a look at those. Um, can we see these? All right, there was another one. Yep. See, I love the Beatles. Um, and then yeah, I was just being creative. I'm just kidding. I didn't draw any of those, but I can draw a mad set of stairs, y'all. Like I can hook it up, right? Etch a sketch, parents. Etch a sketch, parents. Like when you're on an etch a sketch, like you can draw, you can turn it, and you can. I'm drawing a mean set of stairs right now. Like you can, you, you can draw some stuff. You can create some lines and some boundaries. But what happens, man? One little shake, and and, and they're gone. The, the walls are here one day, the rules are this one day, and then the next day there's something different, or they're not there at all. Yeah, we don't want to be an etch a sketch parent. Etch a sketch parents are frequently inconsistent discipline we want to make sure that we discipline every time and in the same way there needs to be consistency in our discipline proverbs 29 and 15 says this it says the rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself a child without border a child with inconsistency a child with no lines no boundaries brings shame to his mother Discipline your son, verse 17, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. So when we're consistent with our discipline, when we set boundaries and when they're always the same and when they're consistent and when we lead our children well and we, do, we discipline every time, not just when it's important or when it's embarrassing. Come on. Come on, parents. We know this happens, right? The, the, I'm way more prone to discipline my children harshly in public when they're embarrassing me than at home doing the exact same thing. No, we want to be consistent. We want to correct bad behavior, bad, inappropriate, wrong. We want to correct wrong behavior every single time so that we establish principle, so that we establish boundaries that this is never okay in public or in private. We want to be careful that we discipline the things in our child's lives consistently so that the rules are always the same. I mean, come on, imagine what it's like being a kid where one day this is okay and the next day it's not. How do you know what to do? which is one of the other things that I love so much about being a follower of Christ, that God makes it very clear in his word to us 
how we are to live our lives, how we're to interact with other people. It's in here, and it's black and white, and it's clear. God is never changing. He's always consistent. consistent. And in him, we have access to the way that he's designed life to work. And being the creator of life, I just think he happens to know best. So in the same way that God is consistent in his dealings with us, we want to be consistent in our dealings with our children. Number four, if you're taking notes, number four is the split decision parents. If we're going to be parents of well-disciplined kids and we have to be well-disciplined parents, one of the things we cannot be is split decision parents. Split decision parents are frequently ununified, just not on the same page. The, the prophet Amos said this, uh, Amos chapter 3, verse 3, he says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Other translations say, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? You can't be on the same page unless you've talked about the page. Which means that you and your spouse, if you are parents together, need to have a conversation about how you're going to lead your children. It needs to be agreed upon. And it needs to be communicated to the kids so that you are always in unity with your spouse or with the other parent. And I understand that, that you know, right now we live in the real world where there is the case where divorce has happened or where blended families have taken place. And I understand that. And you got to hear me say this, that if you are a, a divorced parent and your kids spend some of their time with you and some of their time with the other parent, you need to have that parent's back as much as possible. And I understand that there's, there's dissension and there's heartache and there's animosity and anger towards one another and it's hard to communicate those things and be on the same page. And I get that and I understand. But as much as possible, you need to support that other parent. Because split decision parenting allows your kid to play you against the other. How many, have, how many have done that? Well, mom, if I go talk to mom, she'll let me because she's Miss Grace and dad's Mr. Truth. Like, y'all remember that message, right? So we want, in order for that to not be the case in our homes, we have to have the back of our spouse or, or of the other parent. And only, we need to only disagree because you're going to disagree with your spouse, right? We know that to be true. You're going to disagree with other parents, but that needs to be, happen outside of the child's view. And like I said, man, none of us are going to get this 100% right. And maybe this morning, as I've walked through these four types of parent, and we talked about the lifeguard parent, and you're like, yep, that's me. Hang on, I'm always to the rescue. Or we talked about the rage monster, and you're like, man, I, I, I got a temper, and I get mad at my kids, and I discipline and anger. Or maybe you're the etch-a-sketch parent where, oh, it'll be okay this time. Or, or maybe you and your spouse just kind of can't seem to get on the same page, or you and another parent, because you're no longer together, can't seem to get on the same page, and, and you're that, that ununified parental group for your child. Here's what you got to know. There's, there's grace in that when we get it wrong. But just because there's grace doesn't give us the right not to be motivated to change. Because the, the lives of our children are on the line. That matters. We talked, a lot, we talked a lot last week about first, second, and third generation, and we don't want to be that generation that loses the next. And so in order for us to be good, well-disciplined parents who create 
well-disciplined children. That these are the things that we have to address in our own lives. And so I, I hope there's some conviction there's, this morning. I hope there's some, yep, that's me, or yep, that's me, or nope. Ah, whew, I'm glad he's talking to somebody else. Oh, no, that one's for me. Like, whatever's going on in your head and in your heart right now, here's what you got to know. And God wants you to see this, be aware of it, so that you change. So there's motivation to change. So we've talked a lot about things that we shouldn't do or ways that we shouldn't discipline. I want to give us just one of how to do it, the way that it should occur. And it's this. If you want to take, you can write this down, you can. We want to discipline promptly with instruction. That's important. But also with reconciliation. That's important also. Discipline promptly, so in a timely manner. Don't be fussed with them for stuff that happened three months ago, all right? Promptly, and we want to do so with instruction. We want to train them. We want to give them some help into how they can do better next time. And then we want to have reconciliation with our children as well. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says this. It says, fathers... Do not provoke your children to anger, right? Don't provoke, don't make them angry on purpose. But bring them up in the discipline and what? And the instruction of the Lord. Instruction is very important because, come on, you know this to be true about your kids. Let's say your child does something wrong. Maybe they hit their sibling with a, you know, they hit them or something. And then you, you discipline the child that hit your other kid. And then you go back to your kid later, and they still don't think it's their fault. Like, I hit him because he deserved it. Like, Dad, he took my Barbie doll. He deserved to get smacked in the head with Barbie. Like, that's how that works, right? Now, oftentimes when we go back to to train and to instruct our children, we will find out. They still don't think they did anything wrong. They don't know why they got punished because they don't understand that something wrong occurred. We need to have that conversation with our kids. That's, That's teaching time. That's a teachable moment. We need to explain to them that hitting is never the right way to solve a conflict, regardless of whether or not you feel like they deserve it. Come on, we know some people we love to punch in the throat, right? Like, hey, like that would be, we we want to do that, but we don't. Why? Because there's a better way. There's a biblical way. There's a, a godly way to do those things. And so we need to have those conversations with our children. We need to ask this question, hey, how could you have handled that better? Like what could you have done differently to get a better outcome that wouldn't have gotten you in trouble with the parents? We always want to ask that question. That's how instruction operates. We want to teach our children, not just discipline and send them away and don't ever have a conversation about it. We want to go back to them and tell them why they got in trouble for what they did. Now, I, I found a quote this week. I don't know who said it, but they, they said, discipline more for attitude than action. I thought that was really good because I'm, I'm one of those parents, like I, I want to fuss at you for breaking the thing that you broke, but I'd rather discipline the attitude that I can touch something that's not mine, right? That's, that's the attitude we want to correct, that I can put my hands on something that doesn't belong to me. That's, a, that's an attitude. That's a, that's a way of thinking. We want to correct the attitude, not the action. We want to treat the cause, not the symptoms. Discipline for attitude, not just for action. And then after we discipline, this is really important. I think it's important that we reconcile with our children. My dad was one of the best at these growing up. I got in trouble for doing things that I wasn't supposed to do as a kid. But dad would always come back 
And he'd always have a conversation with me. He'd say, hey, look, I hate that I had to do that, but I did it for your own good. Like, this, this is how discipline works. Like, I didn't do this to you. I did this for you. We'd have a conversation. He never apologized for disciplining me because he shouldn't. Like, I, was, I should have gotten in trouble. Like, I really should have gotten in trouble for that. Like, I get it. Like, hey, I hate that I had to do that, but here's what you need to understand. I still love you. I still think you're the best. Like, you're still my son. Like, I, like, every, like we're still cool. Like, like, I don't love you any less because of what happened. And I need you to know that. And, and hugs should take place. Lots of hugs. Hug your kids. Like, hugs should take place. Kisses should happen with your children. And reconcile, like, discipline the heck out of them because, dang it, we got to get them squared away. Do it for them. Do it well. Do it consistently. But then go back to them and let them know, hey, look, discipline had to happen. But, man, do I still love you. Man, there's nothing that's going to bring, that's going to take you out of my love. Like, like we're still good. I'm still mom. You're still kid. I'm still dad. You're still kid. Like, that's just how this works. Like, I did that because I want you to be a better adult. And I want you to pass this to your, I want my grandchildren to be well-disciplined, so I'm going to discipline you so I can have good grandkids. Now, that's how this works. Man, I'm still so, like, you're still, like, my child. Like, you're my little boy. You're my little girl. Like, I, I still, I couldn't love you anymore, and I don't love you any less because of what happened. And I need you to know that the discipline in our house, it, it happens for you, not to you. And I want you to endure some consequences, and I want you to learn some stuff the hard way, because you need to. Because that's not only going to make you a better adult, to make you a better follower of Christ. And I need you to know that the same way I, inter- I interact with you is the same way your heavenly father interacts with me and with you. And we've talked about this repeatedly in this series because it's, it's, been, it's become a recurring theme. It didn't start that way, but it's so true. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. And he couldn't love you any more than he already does because he's perfect. And the same thing is true with our children. God disciplines us and still loves us. And we should discipline our children and still love them. And they need to hear it. They need to know. That needs to be communicated after the discipline has taken place. Go to them. Hug them. Like, I hate you're going. Like, I, you're not getting the iPad back. And you're not going to the event. And you're not going to play baseball today. Or you're not going to do it. You're still not. Like, you're not getting out of the consequence. But you also didn't get out of the love that I have for you. And they need to know that. It's important. So we want to discipline promptly, as soon as we can, that's not in anger, right? Like, daddy needs a timeout. Like, go breathe for a minute, come back, come back, issue the discipline, and then reconcile with your kid. And know that that's exactly how God deals with you. God doesn't have to cool off because he never disciplines in anger. So sometimes discipline happens quickly, consequences occur, but then repeatedly in Scripture, over and over and over, what does God say? I still love you, still my kid, still my child, co-heir with my son Jesus, going to be hanging with me in heaven when all this earth stuff is out of the way. None of that's changed, but you're going to endure this consequence for a little while. It's true of God. It should be true of us as parents. So here's what I want us to do. This week, if you're a parent, I want, you to, I want you to make a list 
I want you to sit down. I want you to write out some, some preferred behaviors for your household and the consequences when those preferred behaviors are unmet. You, that needs to be a conversation between you and your spouse or you and your co-parent or who, blended family. Those are your kids too now, right? You got married. Her kids are your kids and your kids are her kids. Like it's, you're one. And if you're one, then they're all your kids. So blended family. Divorced parents, I know that gets tough. I know that's hard to communicate that stuff. But as much as, pos- as, much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's biblical. As much as it depends on you, you need to communicate with the other parent of your child and try to come up with a system that works where discipline is consistent all the time because it's important and it's worth it. It's worth it for your kids. So I want, us to, I want you to sit down. I want you to make a list. And I want you to communicate that to your kids. You can have your kids help you make the list. All right, all right here are some things that, you sh- that we think you shouldn't do. Do you agree? Like we shouldn't eat in the bedroom. We had that, y'all, we all remember that discussion. Like we shouldn't eat in the bedrooms and we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that. And we, we should and we shouldn't. We should and we shouldn't. Make the list. Have your kids help you with the consequences. All right, what do you think should happen the first time you get this wrong? Let them tell you. Then when you discipline them, they chose it. That's brilliant. Like I just, like I don't know what that's, we need to, babe, we got to do that. That's, that's, we, we're going to try that this week. Let, make it a conversation with your family because it's not something that's done to them. It's something that's done for them. And if they can embrace that, then they might embrace your discipline more cheerfully. That's how the Bible tells us to embrace discipline, that we should obey God willfully and cheerfully. That's how the scripture defines it. We should obey the first time and do it cheerfully. The same should be expected of our kids. God expects it of us. We should expect it of them. So let's, can we, can we commit to do that together this week? All right, applaud if you're going to work with your family this week on discipline for your family. All right, good, good, good. Awesome. All right, listen, if you're not a parent or your kids are already out of the house or whatever, here, here's, here's for you. Here, here's what I want you to do. If you're not currently a parent or your kids are too old to be disciplined, if there's such a thing. Um, I'll ask mine later. Um, I, want you to make a, I want you to write down the very last time that you felt like you were disciplined by God. I want you to remember back to the last time you felt like there was a consequence that took place in your life that you're better for now. I want you to write it down. Put that somewhere and remember that bad things don't just happen to me because God is angry. Bad things can happen to me because I was outside of where God wanted me and he's bringing me back. All right, so there's, there's practical application for both parents and non-parents. Let's do that together this week so that we can become well-disciplined children of God and well-disciplined parents as we discipline our children. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you so much. We're so very grateful for the hope and instruction that we can find in Scripture. And so today, Father, it's my prayer that for all of us in this room, God, that we would make a commitment to be better parents if you've graced us with children. And God, if our children are out of the house or we don't yet have children or we're still children ourselves, God, it's my hope that we would see the truth of Scripture come through very clearly as we view you as our Heavenly Father. That there are things that you want to communicate to us and there are things that you want to do for us as you guide us in this life. God, you want us to be a better version of us. And sometimes that takes some heavenly tough love. And the consequences that impact our lives, God, is your hand at work guiding us to be the people you've called us to be.
so that we can make the most impact for your kingdom and bring the most glory to your name. God, for those of us this morning that feel some conviction about how we lead our families, God, I pray for the boldness to change, the willingness to submit to your leadership as we find the truth of your word guiding us as we do the best we can to guide our families. We love you, Father, and we thank you for the, for the instruction that we can find in your word to us. We thank you for the guidance of your Holy Spirit as we submit to his presence in our lives as well. And we know that all of this is possible because of our relationship with you through Jesus, your son. It's in his name I pray. Amen.